What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 15 of the Steam Deck Podcast, Flip Screen Games' weekly video game podcast all about Valve's hot new handheld, the Steam Deck. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, Stephen. How you doing? I'm all right, you? I'm tired. I'm not going to lie to you. It's the run-up to uh, Thanksgiving here in the States, and yes. uh, what that means for many workers is uh you're doing two weeks of work this week so that next week when everybody fucks off all the work's done so i'm 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 a little tired i'm not gonna lie to you but uh you know i'm, I'm doing pretty good i'm here i'm happy to be here talking steam deck with you that's for sure i feel like that's very different how most people in the uk handle holidays which is we're on the run-up to a holiday so we're gonna have two weeks of doing very little because we're just lazy I'm, i'll tell you what man i gotta move to europe sounds like you guys gotta figure it out over there yeah, I think for the most part, we, we have a better work-life balance than you guys. Like, don't people just, like, take naps in the middle of the day in Spain? Isn't that, like, a thing? Yeah, there was. I think that's pretty common in a lot of European countries. They have, like, the siesta just because it's too hot to go outside. I got to get over there. That sounds great, you know? Yeah. France, you get a baby, they give you, like, nine months off. I'm like, you guys got it. You got it. Like, yeah, we got you fucking got, Hollywood over here. Or whatever. UK. I can watch all the same movies if I lived in Europe, right? Like, it'd be fine. Yeah, and you get, like, if you watch the Mario movie in Europe, in France, it's like a good Mario voice rather than Chris I'd Pratt. So there's a real bonus. It in English, though. Like, like, let's be honest, right? Like, I'm not, I don't know if I want to watch the Mario movie with subtitles. <laughs> but, hey, you know, I don't know, Steve. Maybe maybe we maybe we both move. You know, maybe we both move to Spain and, and you know, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll buy an office and we'll agree to take a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. I mean, I take naps in the middle of the day anyway. Milk and cookie so break. Really yeah. Well, okay, good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Uh, so let's get into the Steam Deck conversation. We're going to kick things off with the start screen this week. We are going to be doing a gift guide next week for your Steam Deck where we're going to be talking all about, uh, you know, good accessories to buy, the games you want to pick up this holiday season, you know, kind of just things that are either good gifts for, you know, you to ask if you're a Steam Deck owner or good gifts for the Steam Deck owner in your life. So we're going to tease that topic just a little bit this week because we got a question from Left Eye Lazy over on the Discord who wrote in and said, you're picking up your Steam Deck this holiday season. Not me because I got drunk and spent all that money on Liefeld Art. Not a bad way to spend your money, Matt. Uh, you've got Steam Store Credit. What's the must-play three games you're picking up to play through the holidays? Yeah, so I've got I've got six, or I guess seven titles. There's three that I am going to be picking up, and there's also like a few that I'm still in the middle of playing, uh, and that I would also recommend people pick up. The three I'm going to be picking up are The Quarry, Return to Monkey Island, and Pentiment. The Quarry so play the... is so goddamn good, Steve. We did not end up talking about it after I played it this year yeah. much. I think we might have mentioned it. It's better than Until We did Dawn. a little bit, yeah. And, and, yeah, and yeah. I I'm, love I'm Until Dawn. it. Love it. And the quarry blows it out of the water, I think. It's and I feel great. like that's going to be a good game to play with family. We'll, like, pass a controller around. Totally. I guess you can play with the... They've added in the update now where everyone can connect a phone and and vote on things like you could do with their other PlayStation game, Hidden Agenda, which never really worked very well. But I've heard in the quarry it runs better. Return to Monkey Island. I love Monkey Island. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to play a new one. And Pentiment is Obsidian's new game, which has had absolutely rave reviews. I was planning on checking it out anyway. And I feel like that's one I really want to check out on 
Steam Deck. Then the other games I've got that I'm in the middle of playing, Elden Ring, Persona 5, Case of the Golden Idol, and Vampire Survivors. If you've not played any of those games, I recommend you check them all out. Vampire Survivors, 100% you need to check out. It's the, the one of the cheapest games on Steam, and it's uh, absolutely phenomenal. And I really think that that game should have been up for game of the year but that's a discussion for another show and um you know elden ring is is my game of the year i don't think anything's gonna surpass it so for me i kind of was looking at this question um slightly differently like in terms of you're like a new steam deck owner and you want to pick up like games that are great on steam deck um so i i kind of like aired more on the side of games that i know are good on the platform you know, uh, so like I, I would say the number one I would recommend is if you're a fan of the genre, Persona 5. Uh, Persona 5 Royal runs incredibly well on the Steam Deck. Um, <clears throat> it's like a nice solid 60 FPS and it really does look great. Uh, I think aside from that, you know, there are definitely several other games um, that I've kicked the tires on that, that run really well. Like Jedi Fallen Order is a great one. Um, obviously a lot of the classics and stuff. Is that like, one fixed now though? Cause like the EA app broke again. Oh, that's a good on the point. Latest Steam that's OS a good update. point. Yeah. I haven't played since the latest update. So I, you know, I can't speak to that one. So maybe don't pick that one up for this holiday season. Maybe you wait for next year on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you've got like the, the, uh, like the kind of the PlayStation legacy titles that run really well, right? Like Spider-Man is great on Steam Deck. God of War is great on Steam Deck. Um, you know, could be a chance for you to get a refresher before you pick up God of War. Days Gone's great too. No one sleep on Days Gone. I had a good time with with that game. There you go. Um, but yeah, for like the stuff I haven't played, like if I if I was picking up games for myself for the holiday season, um, one of the ones I definitely have on my my to do list is Immortality. Um, I've heard that that's like really really excellent. It got nominated for best game direction. Uh, at the Game Awards this year, so that's like definitely one that um, that I, I'm kind of interested in checking out. Uh, Sifu is another one that I missed this year that I, I'd like to double back to and give it a shot. Um, so yeah, those are those are kind of the newer ones that were on my mind. Uh, and then in terms of just like other hot games I played this year that I think are great on Steam Deck, I would highly recommend Cult of the Lamb if you missed it. I think that's one of the best games I played on Steam Deck this year. Runs amazingly. Um, and then... Um, Roller Drome is another great one that we we both really enjoyed. Super stylish, great gameplay. Uh, it's like a mix of like you know Tony Hawk and kind of like an uh, arena shooter. You know, um, like a rollerblader. Great game, really really fun. Um, definitely on my short list for for best indie game of the year. Uh, so yeah, I I think there's there's been a lot of really good games that you can't go wrong with. Um, and I I think it's honestly tougher to figure out how to spend your time than it is to find games to play. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. I think there's always going to be something that you want to pick up, even older games like Sekiro's on sale again, uh, half price. And I just like, bought oh. I just bought uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. It was on sale recently for like thirty bucks, and like they just patched it to have a, a Steam Deck update, and apparently it runs really well now. So like, there's a lot of games like that where it's like if there's you know maybe a bigger game from the last couple of years that you missed out on, or, or like some indies that you want to double back to. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the Steam Deck is really a perfect machine for like working on a on the backlog because like obviously with oh, the, yeah, with or, the Steam or emulation. Sale, sure, yeah, but obviously with like Steam sales, it's always so easy to buy old games at a, mm-hmm. at a great price. Um, so yeah, if you're not somebody who's like you know t- 
tied up in trying to play like the newest, hottest thing. Um, I, I, there's a lot of games from the last couple years that run beautifully on Steam Deck. Um, but if you are trying to just like get the greatest hits from this year, you know, like a lot of the indies that everybody's talking about are right at home on Steam Deck. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I, I really want to know what other people are, are suggesting because we want to include some in next week's ga- uh, gift guide. So what games are would people recommend? Let us know in the comments or drop us an email or come onto our Discord server and, you know, join us in the in the discussion. Yeah, and, like, don't feel limited to specifically games either, right? Like, it would be great to get some more answers to Left Eye Lazy's questions yeah. of, like, games that you recommend people check out on Steam Deck. But... Um, you know, I know like uh, a couple people in the community have used like the kill switch case and things like that. I'd love to hear about people who are using accessories that they feel like are really enhancing their experience because I think those are some of the more, at least in my opinion, those are some of the more fun gifts because they're the kind of stuff you might not buy for yourself, but you would appreciate getting. And to me, that's like that's the sign of a truly great gift, right? Because um, I'm obviously going to buy games for myself. Do I appreciate getting a game that I want? Of course, but. I think it's kind of more exciting when you get something that's like, you know, um, something you didn't necessarily expect, but like really enhances mm-hmm. your experience. That can be fun. All right. So make sure you write in next week's show. Questions at flipscreen.games. Join the Discord. However you choose to write in, uh, we, we would love to hear from you. Uh, while we're on the plug side of things, if you want to find links to all those places you can get involved, uh, you can go and head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you will find links to every one of our pl- platforms, all the places that we uh, you know, are making content, that we're producing stuff. You can go and find us there. And of course, if you want to go above and beyond to show that support, you can head over to patreon.com slash flipscreengames where you can become a Patreon producer and get your name on the read on the air, just like our Patreon producers for the month of November. They are, of course, Christian Oliveria, Christopher Valenz, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Sobe, Mary Berry, Wakahula, and Zaid Ida, thank you all so much for your support over on patreon.com slash games. Y'all are the realest of the real, and we greatly appreciate you. Uh, while we're on the subject of plugging things, we also have our Persona 5 Game Club coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, so, perfect game to play on Steam Deck. If you want to get it and join the Game Club, we're going to be playing up until uh, the point where you name your team after the first palace. So, it's like the first couple hours of the game. Uh, great time for you to jump in and pick it up on Steam Deck, play through it this holiday season. You can always catch up on the episode later. Uh, we're going to be doing it once a month, so I hope you'll come and play the game with us. We're, we're all having a good time getting back into it, so uh, no better time to pick that up than right now. So, let's keep things rolling here, Steve. We have a brand new plugin called Tunnel Deck to talk about. Why don't you explain what's going on with that? Yeah, so a few people may have seen it already. There's a video up on our YouTube channel about Tunnel Deck. It was on Reddit as well. This is a plugin for Decky that allows you to connect to VPNs. And um, usually you have to go over to the desktop side of things, connect to the VPN, and you often get booted off of that VPN when you come back to game mode. Uh, And this allows you to connect to them. You can connect to OpenVPN or WireGuard. And it's just a nice, easy-to-use interface that means you don't have to install anything other than Decky and Tunnel Deck in order to connect to VPNs. And it's perfect for people who want to unblock specific content. Say, for example, you're in a country that doesn't natively support Xbox Cloud streaming. You can activate it by connecting to a VPN in one another country that does support it. 
and you'll be able to stream games. And you only need it activated while you activate the stream, and then you can turn it off and the, the stream continues. Uh, but it's also useful if you're playing other games or you for struggle to download. Uh, there are certain like networks, for example, that block downloading um, games or will throttle. You can use a VPN for that. Um, and I've been using it while I've been playing some more of Genshin Impact because I'm um, a dirty, the dirty cheater. So uh, yeah, I've been using I've been using a VPN for that as well. So there's a, there's a lot of use cases for it if you are someone that uses a VPN quite regularly. Um, another use case is if you want to connect to your home network while you're away. Say for example, you have like a um, network storage, or you want to connect to your PS5 or your Xbox. You can do that with a VPN. So there's a ton of use cases. Check it out if uh, you want to, and there'll be a, a link in the description to the video. How does that work with like streaming, like with like the Chiaki stuff? Like, are you able to do that through the VPN, and like, does it work st like stably? So I haven't had a chance to try it myself yet, but theoretically, yes, you would run a VPN on your network. You would connect to that VPN, and then it would be as if you're in your own home. So then you could connect to your uh, PS5 or your Xbox for either Chiaki or for Greenlight and just stream as if you were at home. Um, but obviously, it will depend on your network connection from where you're streaming from and streaming to. So I'll, I'll be testing that out, and I'll probably be doing a follow-up video because that's, aside from the video that we we did all about um, assigning the trackpads on the Steam Deck to the trackpads on a PS5 controller. Uh, that was the other big question we had was how do I use this outside of my home? So I, will, I do plan on doing a, a follow-up video. You can do it by opening up ports in on your router and forwarding those to your PS5 or your, to your Xbox. Um, but that's, uh, that's sometimes quite an in-depth process. Some routers don't support port mapping. And you often need a static IP address. So having a, a VPN connected okay. um, is often a, a simpler process. And WireGuard's really great. It, it, it's, so, um, it, it's such a minor impact on performance uh, versus something like OpenVPN. So if you are using a VPN, I recommend using WireGuard rather than OpenVPN. All right, there you go. Well, very cool, Steve. Uh, this is definitely, it's very neat, and it's its very funny for me as like, oh, yeah, like, well, you know, we make podcasts and stuff, and then I'm like, oh, now, yeah, now we're apparently, we're a development uh, outlet as well, so we're making plugins, so, you know, uh, stay tuned, Flip Screen Games, taking over the world. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, definitely go check out the video if you haven't already, and if you end up having any trouble getting it running... Um, you can leave a comment, but uh, I can tell you that most of the comments asking for help, Steve is now just being like, hey, come join our Discord and go to the Help Desk channel because it's real hard to keep up with back and forth and YouTube comments. So uh, if you do run into any problems with any of our tutorials, make sure you come join the Discord. We've got a brand new channel called Help Desk where you can get help from Steve or other members of the community who have already figured it out. So come hang out. So next up, we've got some big, big, huge updates to the Steam OS and client. Steam OS 3.4 is currently in preview. And what you've got for me here, Steve, you said some games have been broken and that there is a they pretty were, simple yeah. solution to get them running again. Well, they were. And then literally, uh, as of uh, when we were going up to record, they like released a new update called Two Small Fixes, which Look at fixed that. Uh, an underlying Steam slash Proton issue for 
and notably Vampire Survivors, because people were very, very upset that Vampire Survivors was broken. Uh, you could fix it by just putting proton underscore log equals one in the launch commands, uh, which is what I ended up doing because I couldn't live without Vampire Survivors <laughs> for at least like a day. So uh, now that it's been fixed, you shouldn't have any issues. If you do have issues, you can also downgrade Proton with Proton Up QT. You can download older versions of Proton that way. Uh, and that may also solve some issues. But check out um, Proton DB as well uh, for that. But yeah, like as you said, this is an absolutely massive update. There's so much um, that's, that's been added here. Well, I'm glad that for once the uh, the update came, you know, before we recorded. That's pretty good. They must be listening. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's nice for a change, isn't it? Very nice. So any other, any other like, major updates from this that you think are worth highlighting? Oh, yeah, there's some huge stuff. So the performance stuff that we spoke about um, last week where they've uh, added the ability to allow screen tearing so you mm -hmm. can choose to turn VSync off now in GameScope. That's been patched in. They added in a new HUD to level two. So it now is like a nice horizontal strip at the top of the screen, which if you're playing a 16 by nine game, it fits perfectly in that little black bar. So it doesn't cover up any of the overlay with the performance stuff, which is really great. Uh, there's that some huge performance improvements for um, storage devices. So it will now automatically run trim on the internal drive. I know there was some uh, scripts floating around from Cryobyte um, and he enabled trim for the internal drive. They disabled it across the board because it was frying some uh, micro SD cards that didn't Oof, support okay. it. <laughs> uh, so for, my, for SD cards, they've now got an additional workaround. So what was happening was the SD card was saying that it... it it supported discard support to the operating system, but it actually didn't. So that so SteamOS would run the trim command, which essentially marks data as uh, no longer being used. So this is most uh, most beneficial for when you're downloading a game because it will download it to one place and then it will move it. And then what it would do is mark that this data is gone, so they can it can either overwrite it or it can it can discard it. Okay. That's now been uh, been fixed, so you should uh, end up being able to download games with less storage uh, in, in on your device, which is great. That's great. Yeah, that's uh, a huge optimization. There's a, yeah, there's a there's a new button as well to run the trim immediately if you want to. It does it periodically, which is great. But an, a huge update is uh, it will now automatically mount drives that are formatted as uh, ext4. So for those that bought that JSOX uh, dock with the SSD built in, yeah, or even if you just have like a, a the Steam Deck dock and you have like a, a hard drive and you plug in the hard drive, by default the game mode wouldn't mount it. You had to have like a script, like a community script that would mount these drives. SteamOS now just mounts the drive if it's formatted as ext4, and it will show up in your storage section on your device as just another drive in the same way you have internal micro SD, That's you can awesome. now just have an external drive, which is really great. That's so if huge. you want that additional storage, it's really, really cool. You can just go ahead and, and chuck say all of your games that you're archiving onto there. If you have, this is perfect. If you have like a slow internet connection and you want to download a bunch of games, you can archive them onto the external drive and just swap back and forth if you want to, when you want to take things away with you, which is really cool. Now, wait, uh, can you, you can play things off of the drive as well, or is it just for yes, hot Yes, you can. Because yeah. that, that could also yeah. be a nice solution for, like, if you have games that you only want to play in docked mode on TV, like, yep. you could just leave them in the dock, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, you can you can do that too. That's so, cool. say for example, you only play like party games or something like the Quarry, for example. I'm probably only going to play that on a TV. Yeah. So I could chuck that on an external drive, and it would be there when I want to. That's and this nice. is a great solution, especially for those that have the 64 uh, gigabyte version. Um, it means that you can you can just have this additional storage capacity. And I can imagine we'll probably start seeing some um, some like small drives that fit into the USB socket as well that can just clip right on the top. Give you more yeah. bang, yeah, and give you more bang for your buck than a one terabyte or two terabyte micro SD card can be because they can be quite expensive. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuffs in here. Uh, there's some GPU clock settings that are have been backported by uh, Xperia 64, and that was causing some issues in Yuzu specifically. What would happen was uh, if you set the clock setting to on the GPU to 1600 to get the best performance, which I recommended to do in our video on GameCube emulation, it would stay stuck there. Uh, and then the fans would go mental and you would constantly have the fan on. So that's been resolved. So there's some issues with the fans that have been resolved. And a lot of people were having issues with HDMI 2.0 displays not uh, turning on when the Steam Deck woke up from boot. And I know that was a real problem with Samsung TVs in particular. That's now been fixed. So if you have your um, Steam Deck docked and you turn it on, the screen should now turn on correctly. So that's been resolved. And there's a bunch of other stuff. It's well worth an update. Um, to the preview channel, I would say. Uh, and then the the clients had an update. All of the stuff that we've been speaking about the last few weeks that was in beta has now made it over to the stable channel. Uh, and there's some like big performance improvements for startup times with people with like large libraries, uh, some improvements for docked mode so that it now looks better when it's on a 4K screen. Uh, and, and some other things in there, like uh, I think we spoke about the Nintendo-style layout last week. You can now set that if you prefer A and B to be swapped. You can have that. Um, it's added like uh, some additional improvements for Flickstick. And uh, that big picture mode, the new big picture mode, is now rolled into the stable uh, branch of SteamOS and, and the Steam Deck. So you can have now the gamepad UI or new big picture in uh, desktop mode. And you can now boot that up. And this is perfect, if, especially if you're running this on Windows. You can now have the new big picture mode boot straight up. And we spoke about that last week when Max was on the show. So if you want to hear more info about the new big picture mode and, and the, uh, the, the dash new big picture command line flag, then go check out last week's episode. The one other thing I wanted to call out in the preview that I thought was interesting was in the input section, they have a thing where they're saying that they disabled the built-in DualShock 4 and DualSense trackpad, and then there's an arrow that says mouse emulation when Steam is running. So is that saying that you can no longer do that when Steam is running? Correct, yes. So by uh, they, they turned that off. I'm not sure what the reasoning behind it was. I think it wasn't that precise. Uh, but that's a it's a real shame. But what they've done instead is the built-in gamepad driver is now active when Steam isn't running. So uh, previously you had to have Steam running in game uh, in desktop mode to be able to even use the gamepad in other programs. That's no longer the case. So say for example you're running something like Greenlight in desktop mode, it can now intercept the uh, controller inputs, whereas before it needed Steam to be open. So with the DualShock 4 and the DualSense, does that mean you can't turn the trackpad on at all? Like ever? No, the trackpad's on, but by default, what would happen when you were in the uh, when you were in Steam, uh, you could move a mouse cursor around the screen by swiping on the trackpad. Right. 
but that's not really what people but would, so you're saying that in desktop mode I think it's it both in desktop mode and in the client. Okay. But, like, if you were to open a game that f- supported that functionality or if you wanted to use our tutorial to use the trackpad, like, you could still... That's, that that absolutely still works. Okay, it's good. The, uh, it, it's emulating it as a mouse cursor. By default, what would happen was you could rub on it and it would be like a rudimentary trackpad, similar right. to how the Steam controller works or the trackpads on the Steam Deck work. Yeah. Uh, that's that's disabled by default now. Okay. And you would have to just go and um, you would have to go and enable that per, on a per game basis to to have the trackpad working. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, that's not so bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure the reasoning behind it. I guess a, I, I would imagine a bunch of people were confused as to why it was even happening. But I also wonder how many people are using that trackpad as, as a mouse. I did when I was playing um, some mouse-only games, but a mouse is the best solution if you're playing mouse-only games. Sure. <laughs> and it sounds like you could turn it back on game by game if you wanted to. Yeah, you can do it, turn it back on game by game, but I don't think you can now navigate around desktop mode. With the trackpad. Got it. Which okay. I think you could do before. Well, buy a wireless mouse, everybody. <laughs> I did. It or worked. Steam controller. Steam controller works fine. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, you could spend three times as much money <laughs> to do that <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> we got it. We need a new Steam controller. Come on, Valve. Hit us with a new we one. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think they need to get that, that VR headset out first. Maybe they're together. You know, put them out the it could, could be, uh, you know, or, or just sell me those controllers separately. Like, I'd be happy with those. No, no, no. You gotta, we things. need a new one. We need a new one. They'd be like Joy-Cons then. I think it'd be cool. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. So uh, we had another bit of news this week where Steam servers got uh, knocked down for a bit. And there was no uh, way to log into your Steam Deck for a bit. And uh, it it put it put certain folks in a position where uh, they were just not able to log into their Steam Deck at all. It's ridiculous, honestly ridiculous. And I put this in because as much as we like gush over uh, Valve and the Steam Deck, it's honestly preposterous that you can buy uh, an up to like seven hundred dollar device. And you can't use the thing when their servers go down. And I understand the the reasoning behind this. And it's not even like these people were just setting up their Steam Decks, right? I can understand needing to to log into it then and having to go through the registration process and stuff like that. These are people that have been using their Steam Decks for weeks or months. And all of a sudden, Steam servers go down. And because their Steam Deck was off and it it wasn't set into offline mode when it was off... As soon as they turned the Steam Deck back on, it asked. It was trying to log into Steam servers, and it wouldn't log in. And because it wouldn't log in, they couldn't even access their libraries. They couldn't access the the entire yeah. device. And that's just ridiculous. That, that is something that should not happen. It is completely unacceptable. It's something that needs addressing. That what they should have done is, when it can't reach Steam servers, is set the Steam Deck into offline mode. And I can imagine the reasoning behind this is because they don't want you having someone play games on another device and you being able to block Steam servers and then ca- carry on playing on, on the Steam Deck. But that's such like a niche thing that people are going to be doing. Yeah, and like... You should be you should be more consumer-centric, especially right. considering your Valve and everything else that they seem to do really is like for the benefit of the, the consumer. But mm-hmm. something like this just seems like a massive oversight. Yeah, to me, like you look at that and... You know, like I, uh, 
I, I get I get the desire to limit that ability for people to, you know, kind of like circum circumnavigate their whole the way that they limit game sharing. But like, you know, no offense, but like that's that's a you problem, right? Like you decided you wanted to make this device and, and put it out and everything and we love it. Great. But like if I had been on my vacation, for example, and this happened to me, and then I had absolutely no way to access my library or use this extremely expensive device that I paid for and brought with me on a checked bag so that I had a thing to play on the airport or on the on the plane, um, I would have been I would have been livid. You know, it's like that's the whole point of the thing is for it to be a mobile PC, and like sometimes when you're on the road, you can't connect to the internet. You know, and like. I shouldn't, you know, if, if the thing turns into a brick when it's not connected to the internet, that's that's really not, that's not an acceptable user experience, you know? And, like, there has to be another way for them to figure out how to do, like, do what Nintendo does with NSO Online, right? Where, like, you need to ping the servers every X number of days to continue operating, you know, your content in offline mode. That's, like, that's more reasonable, right? Like, I still don't feel great about that because if I go on a vacation where I'm not, I don't have internet access for two weeks, I just can't use my Steam Deck. Like, that's well, not... You have that ability by manually putting it into offline mode in the settings. And if you're going somewhere and you're not sure you have internet, that's what you should be doing. But that's not really... I don't, I don't that shouldn't be on the user, though. Steam... Yeah, and I think there's probably a lot of Steam Deck owners that don't realize that that is something that's possible. And what that does is it tells uh, Valve servers that you're running a device in offline mode. So if someone goes on to a PC, for example, say you have someone at home that's using the PC while you're away, it'll say, well, your Steam Deck's still in offline mode, so you can't, you're playing this somewhere else, essentially. So you can't use the the game elsewhere. But right. the, yeah, something like this just feels like a massive oversight. It's not something that really should happen. And it makes you realize that you don't actually own any of those games on the device. They can disappear at any point, And right. that sucks. Remember, really remember all that? It'll it'll never cease to make me chuckle. Remember how absolutely livid everyone was when Xbox One was like, "Oh, D- we're gonna do a DRM free, always online." Co-. It's like that's what Steam is. Like that's that's what every PC gamer has agreed to to be a PC gamer is to be like, "I don't own anything." They can revoke the license at any time. If they kick me offline, I can't access some of my content in certain co- you know scenarios. Um, that's that's the name of the game, baby, and it sucks. Like it's it's a it's a pretty anti-consumer practice that we've quietly just kind of accepted because but it, what you else know, are you it gives do? you a lot of it gives you a lot of flexibility, right? And I like digital only when when it comes to handheld devices like the Steam Deck. Yeah, but I I do think that they really should be looking at what Nintendo's doing with with their handhelds. When I'm not connected to the internet, I can just use the thing. And I get that it's because I can share my Steam library across a, a whole host of different types of devices. They're not just on a solo handheld. I can play these same games on a PC at home. And they want to they want to protect that. They don't want to be you to be able to play multiple games in multiple places on the right. same Steam account. But like but- Something like this, it should have automatically gone, right, I can't connect to the servers, here's a backup, we're just going to allow you to, to play it for the time being because you're clearly not connected to the internet. Right. And, I mean, these these were people that were connected to the internet, it wasn't their fault, it was right. Valve servers Server that side went down. So it's, it's like, it's, it's, 
it's not on them. It's not like while well, we told you there is a there is an offline mode, you should have put put your Steam Deck into it if you knew you were going to be traveling. Fair enough. Like I could kind of accept that as bad as an experience as it is. I really think that offline mode should be something that automatically gets flicked on. But I just I feel like it's such a, a non-issue really. Like just let people play the games that they've bought. You know, they were they're already buying them through right. Steam. Just like let them buy the games and play them where they want, and and just like accept the risk that maybe someone will be playing the same game in multiple places. Like I don't understand why you even engage with the concept of library sharing if you're not okay with that, right? Like it's like yeah. You're you're literally letting me game the system and play other people's software as long as we're not playing it at the same time. Like that, you're still losing a sale, right? Like if I play a game, like if we shared our libraries with each other, and you're like, "Hey, man, like I'm gonna jump on and play Persona," and I'm like, "Okay, cool," like, and that's how you play, like they still don't get well, your we're money. Also in different time zones, there's gonna be times that I'm gonna be playing when you're not even awake. Yeah. And if you lived on the West Coast, it would be even more beneficial because it would be it would be like what eight hours behind. We got to we got to make a flip screen account so that <laughs> you know, depending on the time zone, we can just take advantage of it. But uh, but yeah, like that's the thing, right? Is like you you made that functionality part of your ecosystem. It's on you to solve how to limit how that pulls from your pocket, right? Like I, I like this is gonna sound like shitty and kind of callous but like i don't care right like i don't care if valve loses money because they enabled library sharing that is not my problem right like i bought the steam deck to use as a handheld console and it's a particularly egregious when you give the context that you explained and correct me if i if i misunderstood but you're saying that when you put yourself in offline mode what it does is make it so that other people or other accounts right devices that have your account shared to it then can't access your library because you're in offline mode and it's basically saying well you're in offline mode so theoretically you're playing this game right now so no one else can access it correct correct as far as i'm aware that's how it works right so if that is how it works and we're not you know missing something there then then this is particularly a bad look for them because all it would have to do is make it a default that when your steam is in is offline it triggers offline mode and nobody else can access your library that's literally all you have to bake in right like but you can't do that because it can't ping the steam's uh service but why can't you make it is in offline mode why can't you make the the device understand that if you can't connect to the servers you launch in offline mode once well, that's you, how it should. That's how it right. should work. Like, so why is that not possible? I'm sure it is. Like you said, it just seems yeah, like yeah, a, it is, a but mistake. Like, they can't tell. They can't tell the server, right? Because the server's down. So that's how. That's how it works. It's the Steam uh, is telling I the see what server, you're saying. You couldn't I'm close off mode. the other. Exactly. You can't close the loop. So they can't. Yes. So Got they it. can't okay. turn it off on other ones. But I mean, their their servers were down. No one could play anything anywhere. Yeah. So it was like. It's like so what are we everything should have just defaulted to offline mode and it feels like yeah, this is no, this is something they didn't right. anticipate. That still doesn't make sense because if you just default that everyone's in offline mode then you still close the loop, right? Yes. Servers are off. Everyone's offline. Someone theoretically someone could be running something like a a pie hole, they could block Steam servers temporarily, force their device into offline mode be able to access their entire library while someone else is also playing a game on their library elsewhere. But I feel like that's such a, a niche thing that people aren't 
going to be doing. It's such massive effort. I feel like if you're willing to put in that much effort, you've earned it. You've earned the right to just do it. Well, if you're putting that much effort in, you're probably just going to be pirating the games. True. Like that's such a massive amount of, of effort in order to do that. Why would you not just go, oh, I'm just going to download a torrent of this thing and crack it? You or know, like, there's gasp, like so much. Buy two copies yeah. of the game. <laughs> yeah, ex- oh, yeah, exactly. Such an easier uh, but, solution. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, this goes back even to, even to August when they had an update that disabled the offline mode button when it wasn't connected to the internet because it got like the Steam Deck into a weird state. Um, and that again, like, is because it can't ping, ping Steam servers in order to say we're we're in offline mode. I've actually not had any issues when my device is online and I've gone offline. And I don't know how how you travelled. Did you did you turn your Steam Deck fully off and then you went to the airport and played? Because I think that's the difference. If you just put it to sleep and then you don't have an internet connection, it's fine. It's just like, well, you're already here. You can play all your games. That's no problem. But it seems to be if you turn it off fully and then it can access Valve servers in order to log you in, then that's when you have an issue and it won't let you play any of your games. And that seems to be what happened for all of the people who suffered this. I mean, it's had almost a thousand upvotes on the Steam Deck subreddit. A lot of people had this problem. I know a lot of people were discussing it on Twitter as well. Like Gene Park fell uh, foul of this uh, as well. It was, like, it's, it was a real issue. We've had similar things happen over on um, over on the Xbox side of things. But what's even worse in this case is it just blocks you off from the entire user interface. It's not like you can't just play your Steam games. You can't even access your non-Steam games. So if you had something that you were in, you had installed on there, if you want to play like your emulated games, stuff that doesn't require access to your Steam library, you couldn't even do that. And I feel like offline mode, what it should be doing is allowing you into the user interface even in this situation, you should have been allowed into the user interface, but all of your games, like if you need, really need to do it, block off all of the games until you can ping Valve servers to prove that you have access to them. And let me play the non-Steam games because yeah. I could have still accessed Epic Games servers. I still could have accessed GOG servers. I still could have accessed the, the Humble Bundle servers and I could have played any of those games or I could have played the games that I have on my device, like my, my GameCube games that I want to play and emulate. And that that should have been the situation here, and I feel like we're probably going to see an update in the in the next few weeks to to resolve this. But yeah, this is a massive oversight that shouldn't have happened in the first place. Yeah, yeah, and, and like you said, right? Like I think the vast majority of the time we're here praising Valve uh, for their their choices rather than their mistakes. So it's like you know, like is this an unacceptable situation? Yes. Am I confident that now that it's happened, that Valve will implement a solution so that it doesn't happen again? Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Yeah. They've been yeah, I mean, they've more often than they've not. they've been updating like cr- like crazy the last the last few weeks, and I know it's part of their process to to have this like shared Steam UI across desktop and and like handheld devices with the new big picture mode. Also, there's also like some other elements of the UI that are creeping into the main desktop client. Like if you go and manage storage devices now on the Steam uh like the steam desktop client it shows you like a, a window that's from the steam deck ui that's cool. same as if you go and like edit the properties on a game like you want to change the launch commands is a window from the steam deck ui so it's really cool to see that they're they're finally unifying the the user interface 
Um, and this is something that will will be fixed. But I, w- I wanted to call it out because I know a lot of people had had the issue. And one way you can stop yourself from having this problem in the future is just don't turn your Steam Deck fully off. But that's not an acceptable solution. Never moment. turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> My Steam Deck only goes off if it dies. <laughs> Mine too, but since I've had the dock, it's never died. True. True. Because I just I like when I'm done with that I go and plug it in. Yeah, and it's nice. It's like it's like how I used to play my Switch all the time. Oh, well, oh I'm done with that. I'll, I'll dock it. And sometimes I do need to plug in when I'm playing. Like if there's a long play session, I yeah. will need to to plug in. But for the most part, it's it's been been great. Agreed. So, uh, if you guys have any thoughts on Steam's uh, offline mode situation, uh, or if you want to write in to next week's show about our holiday gift guide, remember, flipscreen.games is our website where you can find our email address, join our Discord, however you choose to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you for next week's show. So, if you haven't written in before, uh, or if you haven't written in in a while, or if you just wrote in last week, I don't know, write in. I want to hear from you, please. Give me your give me your hottest answer. So basically everybody, every single person listening right now, write in. Okay? That's my challenge to you. Please. Questions at flipscreen.games. Flipscreen.games is the website. So, great episode, Steve. Good work today. You did it. You nailed it. Yeah, you too. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Consummate professionals over here. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Steam Deck Podcast. Remember, flipscreen.games. Check out all of our content, however you choose to get involved. We thank you for tuning into this week's show. I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Steam Deck Podcast. Podcast.